0: Alright, and we are live. What's going on everyone? It is Thursday, April 29th. Welcome to the Volleyball Source Podcast. Today we have a very special episode, as you see from the screen in front of you, unless you're listening to this wa- listening to this later. Uh, I am not alone. Today we are going to be doing a bit of a roundtable to preview the 2021 CEV Champions League Superfinals that go down this Saturday, uh, both the men's and the women's. So, today I am joined um, by two of our insiders. Uh, joining me from Italy is Giovanni Montanari, also known as user the Monty Johnson on Reddit and, and on the Discord. And then coming in from Poland, unfortunately, his webcam broke down just before this, so we won't be graced by his handsome face, but he, we will be graced by his soothing tones, Mr. Paolo Pao Adomczyk. Hopefully, I said that properly. Um, he is our uh, insider from Poland. And boys, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Glad to have you on.
1: It's my pleasure. Nice to be here.
0: Great. Now, um, it, it's great because we do have, you know, a a, f- uh, a fan from Italy. Well, Monty, you're usually a Lube fan, though. So, you know, yes, sir. we we, 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 we we'll, we'll, we'll give it to you. And then, Powell, you Pavel, you are from. Uh, you are a. Diehard hards as we've you know yeah. as we've learned on on the discord many many times so i'm very excited this one <laughs> we're going to we're going to preview the super finals going on uh this saturday and we're going to you know we're going to get into a little, bit, a little bit talk a little bit talk a little bit of volleyball and prepare uh prepare everyone for what should be you know the biggest vo- some of the biggest volleyball matches we're going to see this year that aren't the olympics mm mm-hmm. yeah yes.
2: Yeah, it's uh, the um, I would say it's uh, the premier uh, match of uh, European volleyball. Usually, it's uh, the b- we have uh, two of uh, the best teams uh, in the whole of Europe. Uh, they played uh, uh, some of the best volleyball uh, we've seen uh, this uh, whole season, so it should be a great match.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, we were kind of hoping to see Zagreb versus Trento earlier. Since they are a bit more unique than usual Champions League finalists mm-hmm. in their style, so we got that in the end in the grand final, and I think we should be happy about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is going to be a wee- bit of a weird one, though, as we have two teams who didn't win their respective leagues. Um, I I know. Wh- I know. When, when's the last time that's happened?
2: Uh, um, well, uh, Zenit Kazan didn't win the Russian Championship in 2019, but Lube won there. Uh, uh, the Italian Championship, of course. I'm
1: yeah. going to do a, a
2: quick check. Uh, just a second, eh? I'm just I th- looking,
1: and
0: I, I think from mm. from our Discord, uh, someone had had mentioned it had been like 2013, when it was Belgorod, and and Cuneo, and Cuneo, yeah, Cuneo,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I think... Ironically,
0: I think Zaxa was there. Ironically, Zaxa was Ironically, Zaxa was where, sorry?
1: There. And Champions League Final Four. They finished fourth. Ah, okay.
0: So, Pavel, but before we get started, has Zaxa ever won mm-hmm. the Champions League?
1: No, Poland has almost never won there one time. Plomini Milowice, so team from...
2: In, uh, very, in 1978. Very,
1: 1978. Yes, 1978. 1978 to be precise. Okay. That's the only Champions League title Polish club has ever won. We had like SEF Cup came to Poland and but it was in uh, women's volleyball and it was like, I think, 12 years ago.
0: Okay, so...
1: But besides that, nothing.
0: It's been a while for, for Poland. Um, of course, on the other side, mm-hmm. Italy, the superliga uh mm-hmm. no no strangers from being in the finals, and the same thing with Trentino, mm-hmm. no stranger whatsoever uh, for Trentino yeah. to be in the finals
2: yeah, uh, Trentino had uh, a run of uh, three consecutive champions League titles in uh, two thousand and nine two thousand and ten and two thousand and eleven, especially two thousand and eleven, and you know, the finals were played in uh, Bolzano, which is uh, uh, just north uh, of uh, Trento, it's, uh, and so the, uh, Trento played uh, at home. Uh, there, uh, mm, those, that final four, they won uh, so uh, three straight uh, a consecu- a consecutive Champions League uh, in uh, 2009, t- uh, 2010 and 2011. Then they came back to the finals in 2016, uh, uh, the final four in uh, Krakow, and but, uh, they led to nothing against uh, St. Kazan but uh, Zenit Kazan then won 3-2, uh, so it's essentially um, uh, the fifth trip uh, for uh, Trento to the finals.
0: Wow, okay. So how, how many how many finals trips for Zach the Is this the first finals trip? First. For? Okay.
1: First um, final, and they were in final four three times before, <laughs> but two of those were back in 2002 and 2003.
0: Okay, fair so enough. So ages
1: ago. Wow.
0: So uh, that's that's surprising to me, considering how dominant Zaxa has been uh, over the past few years. But I, I'm I'm guessing that clubs like Scrabeltatov um, yeah. uh, have been a little bit yeah. more present in the Champions League than, than Zaxa <laughs> uh, Zaksa, because pro- pro- did, yeah. did, did I pronounce that? Zaxa's domination is more recent. Yeah. Did I pronounce that properly? How how do we pronounce you know Zaxa properly? Zaxa kunjersun kojkeba. Okay, so I was nowhere close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will yeah, still call uh,
2: just to call them Zaxa, just to be safe. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> Zach, <laughs> Zaxa, Zaxa from from here on out. Um, and then of course in, in the women's match, we're going to touch on on that as well. Uh, we have mm-hmm. two of the best teams in Europe. I mean, basically the two top teams in, in Europe. It's a little bit different uh, on the women's <laughs> side mm-hmm. because you have uh Emoko coming uh mm-hmm. from. Uh, Italy, where they won the uh, Superliga championship, and then from Turkey, it's going to be Vacav Bank Istanbul, where they also uh, won their championship in uh, in yeah. Turkey.
2: Yeah, uh, it was um, it was a very very dominant uh, season for uh, Conegliano. They are on a sixty-two game winning streak. They are yet to lose uh, this uh, this season. It was uh, I would say almost a massacre in the Italian championship. Uh, they. In uh, the regular season, they won all possible points. They lost a total of uh, eight uh, sets. And uh, they they lost uh, more than uh, than one set uh, just uh, in two matches this uh, whole year. And uh, they have uh, a winning streak that uh, goes back to December of 2019. And uh, on the other side, we have uh, a Bank, uh, who has had uh, a bit of uh, issues uh, with uh, COVID. I, be- I believe uh, um, they won uh, the Turkish uh, Championship uh, also because the, their, uh, their opponent uh, Fenerbahce had um, a, had a lot of uh, COVID cases uh, and so they Fenerbahce forfeited uh, in three of the Turkish finals. Uh, but uh, Vakif Bank also has uh, issues uh, with uh, COVID. I believe they had like... Uh, Half a dozen um, positive uh, cases between players and staff uh, about uh, some days ago. I don't know if uh, they all recovered, but uh, the the, the superfinals is in uh, two days, so they got uh, they got a bit faster.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Bit of a mm-hmm. it was very, as you said, a very dominant road for Conigliano. Uh, Paolo Ogonu has been absolutely lights out for her, yeah. for them. I would almost say. She is more dominant in the women's game than Wilfredo Leon is dominant in the men's game.
2: Uh, take out the almost, because she is, she, she is an absolute force to be reckoned with. Uh, if you go and uh, watch uh, the like, um, percentages in the Women's Italian Championship, Egonu leads uh, the, non, uh, the non-middle blockers, uh, and uh, she had uh, like a 54% uh, um, spiking percentage. Whereas the second place uh, in the whole uh, non-middles uh, had like uh, 48.5 or something, it was um, and uh, Egonu led like uh, the league in points per set. Uh, she had almost uh, six points per set, whereas uh, second place had like uh, about five. Wow. Egonu is uh, is really dominant, and uh, the fact that uh, she's only 23. She'll be 23 later later this year, Uh, it's it's a testament uh, on how dominant uh, she is. I think uh, her and uh, Tiana Boscovich are easily the best uh, players in the world, uh, right about now.
0: Yes, I I, I agree. Of course, Boscovich losing in the quarterfinals to uh, Busto Arsizio, um, Mm -hmm. playing for Exa Sebagi. Exa just they didn't have the, the pieces around her. Um, mm-hmm. That agonu has at, at Uh and yep. then of course, when you look at vakovbank vakovbank a very very com- a complete team um, led by Isabel Hock, the Swedish right mm-hmm. side who has been absolutely dominant them for them, but also featuring uh, athletes like like American uh, michelle barch mm-hmm. they they had to go um they had to go all the way to a, a golden set or no not even a golden set um was it was the it, same it? was it a golden set to, to get over busto I, I can't remember now
2: no because uh busto won 3-2 uh, in turkey but then uh, Vakiv bank uh, absolutely what? decimated busto yeah. uh, in italy they won a three nothing i believe the first set was like twenty five twelve 25 uh, 12 for uh, Vakiv bank and so they won, um, they di- didn't need the golden set, uh, they just won uh, because they scored uh, 4 points instead of uh, Bustos 2.
0: Yeah, yeah, y- you're right now, now that I remember that. My, uh, Back of Bank also led by arguably the best setter in the world, Maja uh out of Serbia. <laughs> Um, You know, we did see that Maya kind of struggled in that one match against Busto that that they lost. Mm -hmm. So they really ride the wave of how well Maya is playing.
2: Well, yeah, the setter is always uh, the kind of, like, the the most important piece, I would say, in a a team. uh, If a setter can't uh, find uh, his or her groove, uh, it's um, it's a very difficult even for the best hitters in the world to eat uh, a decent, uh, uh, you know, when a setter uh, fails uh, to do whatever he, uh, he or she wants, uh, the hitters can only do so much, so yep. uh, having a good setter uh, who is uh, in, at uh, mm. the right place at the right time uh, can be a powerful weapon. But if uh, the setter uh, isn't uh, right, uh, it could be very, very bad.
0: Yeah, as as we saw in in that uh, semifinal, the first game of the semifinal matchup against Busto Arsizio, where mm. they were up two nothing, and all of a sudden Busto came back, um, uh, pretty much on the back of uh, that two headed monster that Busto had between Alexa Gray and uh, Camilla Mangardi. Um, although, you know. It, I I do think that this this one should be a good one. It's basically what everyone wa- has wanted from the get go yeah. for, for for this matchup, right? Like every yeah. mm-hmm. every time there's been matches on uh, on YouTube, the Turks and the Italians go toe to toe in the comment section about which one is better. And uh, at you know Saturday at five p.m. Uh, European time, eleven a.m. Um, uh, Eastern time here in Toronto and, and on the Eastern Seaboard in North America, you're going to be able to watch that one. Now, if you do want to watch that one, um, and you don't want to shell out for the Eurovolley, Euro-volley TV uh, um, subscription, you can purchase the matches for pay-per-view via, uh, via Facebook. Um, and you're going to be able to watch the, the matches uh, via Facebook. I, I can't remember how much it's, it's going to be, but it's going to be less than the, the five euros it is for monthly for Eurovolley TV.
2: Makes sense. Yeah, it would make sense. In uh, in Italy here uh, the, um, the women's match will be broadcast by the national TV, uh, not uh, by Rai Sport, uh, but the, uh, directly from Rai 2, which is like the second uh, national channel. So it's going for free on the national TV. Wow. And uh, I, ex- I expect that, that would, uh, it's going to do some decent uh, ratings because uh, Volleyball has uh, a rather large following in Italy. I would say, among the ladies, is it's uh, definitely the f- number one sport, and uh, among the men, I would say it's no worse than third. I would say, and uh, so I expect it. Uh, it's going to gather a rather large audience, but um, especially as you said, the only thing that could uh, that could have prevented a Conigliano versus uh, Vakif Bank uh, final was the draw essentially uh, because otherwise uh, uh, they were from the get-go the best uh, two teams and uh, they've uh, proven it uh, times and times again
0: Yeah, I suspect that the CEV would have done almost anything that they could to make sure that those two teams uh, m- met in the finals. <laughs> I'm not going to suggest that yeah. anything <laughs> illegitimate happened but, uh, you know, I've been on the back end of, of some of these 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 volleyball tournaments and and know how things work and I'm sure that you know the appropriate measures were taken to make sure that the two best teams in the world were were to be facing off in the finals. Given that both teams won their pools, they were they were very dominant over the course of the entire the mm-hmm. entire competition. You know this is this is what everyone wants to see and this is what everyone is gonna is gonna pay the money for. So yeah. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. very ex- I'm very excited to this one.
2: Well, I, I am too because uh, I believe it's going to be uh, an awesome match. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just interested. It's to... a bit. Okay. Sorry, go ahead, Bavo.
1: Yeah, I think it's a bit of a poetic matchup because not only both teams dominated their domestic leagues, they are also historically. I mean, Bank is historically a team with the most victories in a row, and Conegliano actually is going for this record at the moment. Oh, really? <laughs> and they can stop them, you know. Yeah, I think Bank has over 70s. 70 wins in a row, and that's like a Guinness record. Conegliano is on 62.
0: the way. Yeah. Wow. So if, if Vakov Bank were to stop them here in this match, it would be doubly sweet. Not only are they winning the Champions League, but then they're also preserving their, their, uh, their undefeated streak for at least a few more years. Because uh, as, yeah. as you noted, yeah. you know this, this uh, winning streak for Conigliano has been going on longer than COVID. Starting, starting all yeah. the way, all the way back to uh, December of 2019, which is absolutely, yeah. absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm.
2: And before that match uh, that uh, they lost uh, in uh, late 2019, uh, they were uh, on a like uh, 13 uh, game winning streak. And before that, uh, I believe uh, there was another winning streak. They are like uh, um, 98 uh, for uh, 100 uh, in their last matches, or something crazy like that. Mm, they've been absolutely incredible in the last few years.
0: It is important to note, however, that Paolo Ugonu, uh, he did win the last Champions League because with with Yeah,
2: with Navara, yeah. yes, which is uh, the uh, penultimate uh, defeat of uh, Conegliano uh, in the in the last uh, in the last period. It was um, it was uh, an upset, I would say, because uh, Conegliano had just won the Italian Championship. Against Novara, but uh, Novara managed uh, to upset them three-one uh, uh, in the finals of uh, Berlin.
0: Yep, absolutely. Now jumping jumping over to the men's side, where yes. you know, our our uh, expertise lie, I uh, lie a, l- a little bit better. Um, I, I I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna shape this a little bit differently. Uh, uh, I'm gonna start. Paul, I'm gonna start with you, and I want you to okay. give the, the case for for Zaxa. Why do you think Zaxa is going to win this match?
1: Okay. So, I think that Zaxa is, as a team, that tends to make less less mistakes than Trento. That's definitely clear, I think. And very, very hard to break while being good at dealing with some more oppressive spikers on the other side. So... While Trento has amazing service, Lube and uh, Zenit were unable to basically break them. So, I don't know, I think they can actually survive against Trento. And it has like a huge emotional value on Zaksa's side since Tonjuty is leaving, Zatorski is leaving, Kohanovski is also leaving, that maybe Grubitis will also leave, we'll see. And especially, but the case is more about Zatorski and Toniuti and Zatorski is on, it's his seventh year in the club, for Toniuti is his sixth, and Zaksa basically started to dominate this Plusliga back six years ago when Tonuti joined with the Georgi coaching them, and from that time I think they are around, they have around 80% win rate in the league, so... It's like an end of an era for them, and as far as I know, they really enjoy playing here, and their relationship with the club is great. So they would like probably to leave on a good note. So, and there is no better way to leave by winning Champions League for the first time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially after having lost the plus Liga finals the, the way that we did, let's let's touch exactly. on th- let's touch on that for a second because I think. Uh, Everyone involved here was very surprised um, that they lost Uh the way they did to Yastřebřej Wajzl. So, you know, uh, Pavel, what do you think happened there in the finals?
1: I think they ran out of fuel, basically. I think they lost the title a bit earlier, back in Bełchatów. In game two, when they've lost to Skra, and instead of having a week to rest, recover and train for a bit, finally, they had to play another game with Scra three days later. So they played every three days. Basically, they had a game to play with something to play for. And they basically have nothing left to do. Like, they run out of their strength. And then and the Astramp the used it against them because that's what they do. I mean, just taking a look at Semenyuk, and his favorite spike
0: yeah that, that and orange spike.
1: instead of yeah <laughs> that one and instead of hitting it in it basically every time he hit the net he tried to do that back against Yaschensky Wengel. so i think they just run out of fuel but they will have some time to recover train maybe for a bit and it's just one game so it's easier to find You know, so something inside to win just one game instead of winning two or three, like in playoffs.
0: Do you think it's easier to win against a team um, like Trento that you don't really know and you've never played for before, as opposed to playing a Yeshebji Weizhul, where you've played them so many times over the course of the past few years and, and they just know your team in and out?
1: I don't know, Zaksa also knows Jastrzemski like, way better than they know Trento, so... Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a difference. It's a different match, but... Yeah, I think they will be really well prepared for the final as well, so...
0: Fair enough. So, uh, Monty, let's jump to to your side in Trento. Why do you think Trento's gonna win?
2: I think uh, Trento maybe plays uh, less uh, as a as a team, but uh, they have the better uh, individualities. They have uh, Nimir Abdelaziz, who has been um, one of the best players in the world uh, this season. They have um, Ricardo Lucarelli, another uh, amazing uh, um, amazing player. They also have uh, Zarechko Lizinath uh, one of the best uh, middles uh, in the game. And uh, um, in general, uh, they, uh, I think uh, they have. Uh, more talent, uh, more raw talent uh, than uh, Zaxa. Uh, I believe also um, Trento uh, could uh, um, could maybe still uh, have a bit of uh, untapped uh, potential because um, all season I believe they have uh, they were uh, very close to hitting uh, like uh, 100% of their potential, but they never uh, quite uh, hit it. Uh, uh, they had a very lengthy uh, winning streak uh, back in the year, but uh, ever ever since then they kind of faltered a bit. They they were uh, bounced back by uh, Perugia in the Italian Cup f- uh, semi-finals, and uh, then they went on uh, to defeat Perugia in the Champions League semi-finals. Uh, a bit of uh, a bit of revenge, but uh, even there, I don't think uh, they managed uh, to. Um, put together all uh, the pieces of uh, the puzzle and uh, since uh, they have had more time uh, to rest, uh, I believe they had uh, more time to concentrate uh, on uh, training uh, and preparing for uh, this match.
0: Fair enough. Now, you you mentioned uh, a few of the pieces of the puzzle. We, you know, as as we were getting this this show set up, we, we talked about the crucial errors that Micheletto made. Uh, Mm -hmm. in in that uh, semi-final series. Um, And we've kind of seen uh, Trentino go back and forth between Micheletto and and Dick Coy uh, Mm -hmm. on that left side position. I mean, it's funny because earlier in the season, Lucarelli was nowhere to be found, right? Mm -hmm. And it was mostly Dick Coy and and Micheletto. um, But now, towards the end of the season, Mm -hmm. Lucarelli has been absolutely outstanding. And it's kind of been the struggles between Dick Coy and and Micheletto that have let uh, Mm -hmm. Trentino down.
2: Yeah, um, Lucarelli started uh, the year uh, slowly because uh, he had uh, a rather um, big uh, event in his life. Uh, His father, unfortunately, unfortunately passed away earlier in the season, so he had to fly to Brazil. Uh, He attended the funeral and then he almost immediately flew back uh, to Trento, so he had a bit of um, a bit of an issue and uh, really the Trento season started uh, very very slowly uh, at one point I believe they were they had the uh, two wins and uh, three losses and they were like fourth uh, to last
0: they were they were five, the- and five and eight at one point was was Trentino right exactly. he- heading into the heading into their first uh, week of Champions League um, mm-hmm. They were they were five and eight, and I mean I think it's also Excellent. important to, important to note for Trentino as well too that they came through the qualifier, right? Like they yeah. they were in a situation where it was them against Dynamo Moscow um, mm-hmm. in the, the qualification match, and we know that Dynamo yeah. Moscow eventually went on to uh, win um, win the the CEV Cup. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, be- essentially because uh, Trento uh, last year uh, was in Champions League uh, before, uh, of course, the pandemic hit, uh, and um, technically. When the Italian Championship stopped, they were not in a position to qualify for Champions League, but since they were in contention for the 2019-2020 Champions League CV, essentially gave them a wild card, so they had to play two rounds of preliminaries. And they played very strongly in those those matches. They played four matches and they won all 12 sets they played without um, Without any particular problems, especially the, their win against uh, Dynamo Moscow seems very, very interesting. Looking uh, back now, because Dynamo Moscow went on to win the CV Cup, uh, the Russian Cup, and the Russian Championship, mm-hmm. and um, Trentino then went on to win all six matches in their pool, uh, and uh, they won both matches against Berlin in the quarterfinals, and uh, their their only loss. In the whole Champions League, came in uh, the second leg of the semi finals against Perugia, where uh, Trento mm, won two sets uh, and uh, so didn't uh, need to win the match. And so, the, in the tiebreak, they sent uh, the entire bench in, so they essentially punted away the, uh, the, in the match. So, they're essentially undefeated in Champions League, basically. Yeah,
0: no, you're right. I think it is important to note, though, that Dynamo Moscow was missing Svetsan Sokolov in, in that match. And I mean, not yeah. having Sokolov is a is a huge piece missing for Dynamo Moscow. So, yeah. I don't know, like, if Svetsan Sokolov had been there before that match, you know... It,
2: it, it, it could have ended differently, yeah. I, g- I guess yeah. it would not have been as uh, dominant uh, of a performance uh, for Trento. And um, I just want to touch uh, uh, briefly on the... um, You mentioned uh, Koi or uh, Micheletto. I think uh, at uh, the start of the season everyone uh, thought that uh, Micheletto uh, was uh, going to be on the bench and uh, that uh, Koi was going to be the starter. But uh, um, eventually, uh, midway through the season when uh, Trento had uh, a bit of a Covid scare, uh, Gianelli and the reserve setter, whose name uh, I can't remember, unfortunately, both got COVID, so they had uh, to move uh, back uh, Nimir Abdelaziz uh, from uh, opposite to play setter for a couple of games. And uh, in those matches, uh, they had uh, Micheletto play as opposite, uh, and uh, he fared uh, very, very well uh, in in those matches. So eventually Lorenzetti, the head coach of Trento, decided uh, to give uh, Micheletto the nod. uh, for uh, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, starts, and uh, he never uh, looked back. I, I think uh, he started all the matches uh, since uh, since then in the men's uh, to relegate uh, the veteran Decoy to the bench, uh, and I think uh, this is uh, going, um, it's the start of a um, very very interesting career for Micheletto, who is uh, six foot seven, uh, mm, two meters. Uh, And uh, he's lefty, and he's uh, very, very good defensively and on the reception as well. I think he's going to be one of the men to follow for the future.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. Watching Micheletto this year has been very interesting. He doesn't overpower people all all that much, but he does hit smart shots, and his serve-receive is very, very solid. You know, it's interesting to me because you you mentioned that... um, Trentino isn't as team-based as Zaxa and, and I almost tend to disagree. Uh, I maybe maybe it's because consi- I'm considering or I'm comparing Trentino against like Lube and Perugia, and both of those teams are very um, they're, they're very uh, dominated by b- dominated by athletic a- athletes, right? Um, whereas I, I do find that you know Trentino might employ the best uh, serve and block game in the pro game right now, while Zaxa's you know, block defense transition game is, is pretty much second to none. So <laughs> that, that matchup for me is going to be very, very interesting um, b- between the two teams here in the Super Final.
2: Yeah, I would say it's like uh, the irresistible force in the immovable object, uh, almost.
0: Yeah. Pavel, Pavel, how do you think Zaxa is going to be able to deal with the two um, monster Serbian mis- middles of uh, Sreko Duzniak and uh, Prodaskinin from uh, uh, from Centino.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, they haven't played against such a good duo, because Lube has Simon, but Tanzani is not as good as Serbians. Mm-hmm. And Russian middles, while very, very good, they are not at the same level. However, I feel like Zaxa is really good at playing against big middles, like very athletic middles, like Lisinac especially. However, it's not going to be maybe the easiest thing in the world, but going, aiming more at the wingers, because Trento's wingers aren't as good of a blockers as their middles, will be their way to go. And basically trying to avoid their spiking through the middle will be the way, I mean, Grbic- Nikolaj Gavrić, Zaxas coach talked to the players during timeouts quite often how they should never spike where Simon is
0: mm-hmm.
1: against Lube which is well good tactic obviously but I think they will need to do the same thing against Trento and of Serbian middles.
0: Do you think like like for me um it it's it's really going to come down to how much pressure Zaxa can put on uh, Lube, in, or, sorry, not Lube, Trentino uh, from mm-hmm. the baseline in, in their serve yeah. game. Um, do you think yeah. that Zaxa is going to be able to put enough pressure on to, to stress out that, that passing line? Because the passing line of Lucarelli, uh, Rossini and Micheletto if they go with him, is, is a very solid passing line.
1: Yes, very solid. I'm very interested to see how Micheletto will handle the pressure because it will be the biggest game of his life for sure. And, but they can also aim at Lucarelli, I mean, he's a solid passer, but uh, yeah, I can. I think if they hit him a few times, they might be able to get something there, uh, but they will definitely need to put the, a lot of pressure on Trentino, because uh, handling, especially with Sinac, offense. It will be very, very difficult. And this might be what decides the outcome of the game, actually, in my opinion. Like, these little things and making sure Dionelli can play a lot with both Serbian middles might be what... Or it will decide who wins in the end. At least in my opinion, because...
0: I'm not sure you agree. Monty, where, where do you <laughs> think success was going to lie for, for uh, Trentino?
2: Well, uh, I definitely think the, the ability to pass uh, well it's, uh, it's uh, definitely needed for uh, a Trentino win because um, Gennelli unfortunately didn't seem to be that much uh, efficient when uh, the team passing was not uh, positive and especially in the semifinals against Lube, when uh, Lube managed uh, to mm, serve uh, hard, Gianelli wasn't uh, at uh, the top of his game. And so I think that if uh, Trentino manages uh, a decent uh, output from, from passing, I think uh, their chances uh, definitely uh, will be better to win. And uh, I also think uh, that uh, they need uh, a good uh, game from uh, Nimir, because when uh, Nimir plays uh, badly, Trentino almost uh, mm-hmm. always uh, loses. Uh, especially in, in like, uh, the Italian uh, Championship semi-finals against Lube, he played uh, a couple of um, uh, very bad matches with uh, spiking percentage under uh, 40%. And uh, so I think uh, that uh, uh, they are going to, yeah, uh, in the final uh, tra- three uh, matches in the Italian semi semifinals against Lube. Uh, Nimir was under 40% spiking uh, percentage. Uh, in all the last three matches which uh, Trento all lost. And so I think uh, they need Nimir to be at uh, the top of his game. Which uh, I guess it's, it also depends on the passing, but uh, I think that uh, a decent passing and a good game from Namir could be the mm, the decisive factors.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that, you know, to get put uh, Namir in a good spot, you only need to be passing kind of like a, a two, you know? It, it needs to be a positive pass, but it doesn't need to be a perfect pass, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they are going to need that perfect passing to be able to, to release, re- release both the middles. And, as you said, they're going to need for Namir to be hot so that you're creating the decision uh, for Zax's middles to kind of decide are they going to the right side to Namir or are they going to be te- 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 teeing it up in the middle. I personally think that we're going to see a lot of middle kind of early I- in the match. They're going to establish Lucianiac and, and Prodaskin in early and then feed a wh- whole lot of volume um, to to the to the right side for Namir because especially when you've got Micheletto Micheleto- there, like they don't usually give him a lot of volume and you're going to need Namir to, to carry the load. now. Um, we have seen kind of two different uh, middle outlooks for Zaxa this year. Um, obviously, Jakub Kokonovsky, Cuba, uh, as he's well known, has kind of been the, the be- their their number one middle. Although undersized in the middle, in the middle, he is one of the most ex- ex- uh, um, uh, successful middle players uh, in the world, one of the most efficient. But then we've kind of seen uh, some David Smith and a little bit of uh, Reño. I, I, for- I forget. Yeah. I forget how to pronounce his name. Yeah, Reyno.
1: Yes. I mean, I'm completely sure that Swift will start. That's basically obvious. Uh, but uh, Reyno is an interesting case since he was contracted. Uh, he joined Zaxa ages ago. He was loaned out a few times. He came back. But uh, I guess his biggest weapon is his service and it worked really, really well against Lube especially. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes to Zaxa middles, I mean, it's Kohanovsky and he's clear number one and everyone knows that. And even though he's a bit undersized, he's very, very athletic and uh, just looking at him back in 2018 and him now, like, he's way bigger and just looking where he is in when he's blocking his this his size is not a problem not an issue but when it comes to one and two middle sometimes Tonuti plays a lot with smith since everyone expects him to play with kochanowski a lot he often starts with pipe so before setting to Kohanovsky, he is using the back row because well everyone is watching kohannowski And he's very, very difficult to deal with, since he jumps to the left, jumps to the right, sometimes he spikes to the left, sometimes to the right, like, sometimes he will just tip. Very, very, I guess, annoying player when he's on the other side. While David Smith is this more experienced player, Zaxa has like quite young squad with some more experienced players, players, and David is one of them. And uh, the biggest, He brings to the team, I think it's his experience because he played at the highest, like the biggest stage possible Olympics. And uh, I'm not worried about him at all, even though he is not as good as his opponents in in terms of middles. I'm pretty sure he will be able to give Zaxa something, something to help him win the
0: game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, David Smith's experience is. Is well known. He's been the captain of the American national team as well, so he, he's he's been there for uh, a, a very very long time. Um, mm-hmm. We did see in the PlusLiga finals both um, Lucas Fli- Sli- 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 Slivka. I don't know why. I, Slivka, Slivka uh, and Camille Semenyuk struggle quite a bit. Do you think that they're going to be able to bounce yeah. back? Uh,
1: yeah, I think so. I mean, Semenyuk had only one really bad game. This second in the final, Slivka was pretty poor in both, but they were their worst games of the season for both of them. They haven't played really poorly before, and they have two weeks to recover, and it's just one game, so like our commentators often say, like they will have to find something inside, like give something extra, if not from the heart, then from the liver. And I'm pretty sure they will do just that, so.
0: Is, is that what you guys say in Poland? If not from the heart, from the liver?
1: Yes, from the liver. Well,
0: why? why from the liver? I don't know.
1: Like, well, you search for something extra, you can add from heart, from, I don't know, from your lungs. Just so much. much? Yeah, but then you look where else, and see a liver comes to mind. And that's what our commentators <laughs> like to say quite often.
0: Fair enough. I mean, I'm I'm sure... I, both of these teams will be exercising li- livers afterwards. Uh, just one in celebration and uh, one in mourning. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure they will.
0: You you mentioned kind of having those those two weeks off. Two weeks off is obviously uh, a big time for to to take some time off and prepare. But on Trentino side, it's been well well more than mm-hmm. that. How how many t- how many days since Trentino last played a match, Monty? It uh, mm,
2: it has been 22 days today. So it will be twenty-four uh, uh, the day after tomorrow. So they will be from um, having uh, uh, coming out of essentially three and a half weeks of uh, rest. Do so, you,
0: do you think that, that that provides like a little bit of rust for for for, for Trentino? Like, is is that a, is uh, that a real worry for them, especially in a one-game scenario? Yeah, I,
2: I think it could be a worry because um, you know. I think uh, that uh, three and a half weeks uh, are a bit, uh, maybe a bit uh, too much. Uh, On the other hand, uh, it uh, gives um, maybe more time uh, for uh, Trentino to um, recover, like uh, mentally, and maybe they have, uh, I mean, surely they have uh, had time to study Zaxa more closely, because uh, of course, um, while Trentino was already uh, um, resting, uh, Zaxa was uh, still playing, so I think uh, uh, it could be a disadvantage, but uh, it could also be an advantage. I guess we we have to see.
0: Yeah, I, m- I mean, I do think that both teams are going to be fresh and, and rested at heading in, but um, it, I think it's going to be interesting to to see whether or not Trentino ha- has a little bit of rust. Um, but then again, there's nothing really that they can do about it, because that's what they got, and then it's the Superfinals, and you know what, you ha- you have to show up for, this, for the Superfinals. Definitely. Definitely. Now, what, you know, it, what do you guys think? Um, who do you guys think is going to be maybe a dark horse player to to show up for this game? Like, do you do you think um, Micaletto is is going to show up for Trentino, or you know, the one player that we haven't talked that much about uh, for Zaxa is, on the right side is Lucas Lucas mm. I
1: can see Kaczmarek actually performing like really well. He was. Zaksa's best player against Jastrzemski.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was, uh, back when Zaxa was, like, losing this game, Kaczmarek was keeping them alive, and while Schleif, when Hlifka and Semenyu were struggling, he was still going strong, so, if everyone gets better than they were against Jastrzemski, then I guess uh, Kaczmarek will be Zaksa's best player in the final, so I can see him actually performing and making a name for himself, and case for getting a call from Hainan and actually playing in Tokyo
0: yeah I, I would agree I mean you guys know that I've made some I've, I've had some hot takes before that I could actually see Kashmarek playing minutes in, in Tokyo for, for Poland because of how he can work within a system and how he doesn't need to be the, the number one option but I do however think that with the blocking prowess that um, Trentino has on the right side of the court with both Namir and Gianelli, that I think uh, Kashmarek is going to be seeing a lot of volume in this match. Yeah, Yeah,, probably. Monti, uh, Monty, is, is, that a, is that a worry for, for you and, and, uh, and Trentino when you've got a young Micheletto? He is six foot seven and is a very, he's a pretty decent blocker, but he's still young. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, you've got Lucarelli, who isn't the most dominant blocker there, over there on that left side.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the blocking from the outside hitters uh, could be um, a bit of a, a bit of a problem. I think Zaxa is going to target them, but uh, on the other hand, on the other hand, I think that um, uh, having uh, Lucarelli or Micheletto as the weakest link in the block is still. Uh, uh, I, I would say a luxury because the other uh, uh, pieces of the block are uh, either Lissinac um, or Podrashanin or Nimir or Giannelli um, I don't think uh, it's uh, that much uh, of a concern, I don't think it's uh, that huge of a, of a weak point sure it's not a strong point but I don't think it's uh, something that uh, uh, it could uh, derail uh, entirely the uh, the trend the trend gameplay I would say sure uh, they will uh, try and uh, guard it uh, but uh, I don't think uh, it's um, it's going to be uh, so so important uh, from from a certain point of view I think they can uh, they can they can um, uh, fix the issues without particular problems
0: yeah that's, that's fair for me uh, another important part that I think we're gonna see is how well they use Shivka in the pipe you know because when they're able to open up and, and Sivka is so dominant and, and so um, you know he's such a good option when he's when he's in the back row that it really opens up the office oppos- uh, o- opens up the offense for for Zaxa and not only does it allow them you to go to, to, to him in the pipe, uh, but it also opens up that four-four shot um, for for Seminyak, um, uh, when when he's got a one-on-one block.
1: Definitely, and I think that uh, I have, I've touched on that before. But I think Tonuti might actually start with using a lot of pipes in the beginning of the game instead of using middles, which is a bit unusual because usually setters first establish their middles and then start playing with the back row and using pipe. But the proved that he's willing to do just that, so the opposite of usual rules and start with using pipe. So I wouldn't be surprised to be to see a lot of uh, pipes in the beginning with both you and because since they are a threat from the back row I would say Slifka is a bit quicker, definitely, but they are both very dangerous.
0: I think that they, they might be more effective from the back row, considering how big that block um, for Trentino is going to be. When like if, if, if they're not going fast to the outside and you've got four hands in front of you, and, and that middle blocker is Lishniak and, and in, I could see both Slivska and Enzomeniak, who aren't overly big either of them um, to to have some pro- problems so I, I, I think you're absolutely right I do think that we're mm-hmm. going to see Tonjiti go, go to the pipe quite a bit yeah do you think we're going to see um, at, a, at a certain point like if Namir is really really just running hot do you think we're going to see Gianelli just start to feed him every single ball both in the front row and on the C ball
2: well, uh, I think uh, you know um, popular wisdom say uh, says uh, uh, hit uh, the iron while it's uh, still hot. So I would uh, think if Nimir sta- starts uh, to um, to be very very effective, I think Janelli uh, is definitely going to feed him more, and uh, I think that. Uh, However, finding a balance between Nimir and uh, the rest of the team could be uh, maybe the decisive factor because, uh, as much as uh, Nimir N- N- could uh, get hot, he could also uh, get cold. So, mm, maybe he, I think Janelli should ride Nimir a bit when he starts to make uh, some uh, good plays, but he must know. Also, when to stop uh, to um, feeding excessively uh, in a mirror, because uh, when he gets very, very hot when he gets hot, he gets very very hot and he plays excellently. But when he gets cold he could be a problem. So again he has to find the good the best balance possible.
0: And I, I definitely agree and that's why I, I kind of think it's going to be so important for Zaxa to put pressure on and on this, the other side for Trentino to be able to um, have a positive serve receive just to open up the, the, the floor for, for, for Gianelli. Now Gianelli isn't someone that we've, we haven't uh, talked about all that much but this is going to be his first Champions League final, final correct? No, no, it's not.
2: Uh, he was already there in 2016 mm-hmm. when uh, Trento was up to nothing and right. he blew the lead to Zen Kazan.
0: You're, you're, you're right, so he has that chip on his shoulder. He's been there before, mm-hmm. I'll bet, you know, now five years ago, so that, that that was a little bit of time ago. How important do you think that experience is going to be for Trentino in general in, in this match?
2: Well, I I don't think uh, any experience could, uh, could be looked uh, negat- negatively. At, uh, and uh, I think that uh, those uh, five years could be um, uh, very, very important because Gianelli moved uh, from uh, being, you know, ca- kind of a kind of a surprise. Uh, in, in general, I remember his first big year in the um, in the Italian league in 2014-2015 when he kind surprised everyone. He was uh, like pro ready at the age of uh, 19, basically. Um, And uh, uh, from there, uh, he he started to develop uh, quite nicely. I think he, mm, I would argue, his uh, number, uh, he's in the top five best uh, setters in the world. And um, I think that uh, uh, these five years of uh, experience have uh, helped him uh, a lot. And uh I think uh, the setter matchup uh, it it's going to be very, very interesting because uh, at times people have, have described the setting uh, of Janelli as uh, like his worst uh, part of the game, essentially because he's very athletic, he is very um, he, he has a good uh, reaction and that. whereas on the other side, we have Tonuti, who is basically the best uh, pure setter. In, uh, he's the last of the old style uh, setters who set the ball and then uh, don't do much uh, much of else. I would say so. It's kind of like the last of the old setters versus one of the more um, modern examples of setter. So it's going to be a very nice matchup, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, I I, I think for Gianelli, you mentioned that. You know, as we say here in Canada, he does a lot of good things, but setting isn't, isn't one of them. While he's not as flashy and, and as precise uh, as Tony Uti, you know, Tony Uti, he's he's got pinpoint accuracy. He puts his hitters in a, in a good spot all, all the time, and he can also run in an offense that is really, really going to open things up. I do find that Gianelli's strengths are—he does put his hitters in a good position consistently right not often do you find his hitters kind of you know we're not talking we're not talking about Travica here you know he's not putting his hitters (laughs) in a position to 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 to, to make errors right but he also just manages the team very well he manages their emotions very well and he manages the the load management if you will for you know how much volume he's going to give 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 each of his, his hitters so while he isn't you know as you said, I, I do agree that he's a much more complete athlete when it comes to his serving and his blocking and and his defense than Uti, Although maybe not the defensive side, uti has been known to, to make some digs. Um, I do think that his management of, of the team is going to be right up up there with you know the maestro that is Ben Tony Uti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, for you know, um, Pavel, for for you, is this kind of a bittersweet moment? The fact that you guys have are in this Champions League final, but you know, this is this is the last match that you're going to have with, with this team that has been so dominant?
1: I got used to that by now. Um, rumors about Tanyuti leaving started back in December, I think, so there was a lot of time to get used to it, and I think it will be, like, an additional motivator for him, for Tonyuti and Zatorski to win this game, and It will be a different era, but I think it was only a question of when they are going to leave Zaxa. Maybe not Zatorski, but Togniotti definitely, I was pretty sure he is going to leave volleyball-like changes. And he played for Zaxa, like, it's his sixth season, so it was like he had to leave someday, so and Zaxa had to find a way to replace him. And if there is one chairman I would trust to do a good job together with coach, it's Sebastian Schwiderski, So, uh, Zaxa's current chairman, well known in Italy and in Lube especially. I
0: guess. <laughs> but Mon- Mon- Monty, how about for you? I, I know you're not a, a tr- Trentino fan. Uh, you're you're a Lube fan. So this this one might be a, a little bit bittersweet. But um, what what do you what do you think like it? Is Trentino viewed as Italy's team here for this final? Like, is does the entire country get 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 behind them uh, in in this case?
2: Hmm. You know, th- this is a kind of a difficult question. I think that uh, Trentino maybe can get uh, more uh, fans on their side than uh, Perugia would have had because Perugia has a bit of uh, Mm, more uh, negative uh, feedback from uh, the other teams uh, in uh, in Italy, like uh, Perugia is viewed a bit, a bit uh, negatively from uh, the general volley public, and whereas Trentino is viewed um, a bit better, but I don't think it uh, Trentino is going to get uh, 100% of the support from uh, the Italian fans. I think. Uh, um, maybe Conegliano is going to attract uh, more fans uh, to their side because uh, Conegliano, you know, it's he, uh, the juggernaut that uh, nobody c- could uh, touch uh, this year in Italy. And so um, they came, uh, they saw, and they conquered, whereas uh, Trentino had a bit of a um, different path. And uh, since uh, Trentino is uh, already a team that won many Champions Leagues, uh, uh, maybe they are going to attract uh, less uh, favor from the general public.
0: Interesting, but I, I'm guessing Pavel, for on the Polish side of things, the whole country would be pulling for for Zaxa, just in in the terms yes, that it, it would be the the first Champions League title for for the Plus Liga.
1: Yes, definitely. Even right after the final, first interviews live uh, from the arena. And I think Lukasz Vychniewski was asked about Zaxa and he said like, yeah, I wish them the best and we'll all watch and cheer them on back from home. So, and he even said, I know they will come back with a title. But as someone who spent a lot of years in Kandiyazan, like I think several, seven or eight years, I, it's kind of understandable.
0: Yeah, I, I, would, I would tend to agree. I, I kind of get that sense that Poland is... Uh is maybe more unified uh, on mm. that front than Italy. But, I mean, as as we've seen in this court chat many, many times, the geopolitics mm. are, uh, of Italy seem to kind of creep into the volleyball world as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, just... just I- Is there going to be fans in the stands for, for this match?
2: I don't think so. I don't think so because uh, the arenas have been closed uh, completely since... Um I want to say in November, okay. and um, I think uh, they, won't, uh, they won't open until June. So uh, the only people uh, we are going to see in the stands are uh, like uh, journalists, uh, CV, employees, uh, and uh, uh, the, the medical staff. Uh, because uh, I don't think the, uh, any fans are going to be allowed uh, in, because uh, in the playoffs, uh, in the men and the women... Uh, no team could open the the arenas, and uh, it's there is a big discussion from for the the basketball playoffs uh, which are about to happen, and uh, even there uh, some teams have asked, but uh, the government still uh, said uh, no fans in attendance. Um, they are going to reopen the stadiums because the stadiums are of course uh, open air, so there's more. Uh, air uh, recycle and uh, but i don't think they are going to reopen the arenas which for me it's very very stupid because uh, i've been uh, in arenas uh, in uh, like uh, closed arenas uh, uh, this season to watch uh, some basketball games uh, and uh, i got to say the protocols were enforced very strictly and uh, there was uh, like zero possibility of uh, contacting uh, a covid19 in the arenas um, because uh, I've seen it first, and I th- I think uh, the the sports palace was uh, one of the safest uh, places I've been uh, in uh, these last few months. And uh, the decision to close the arenas, I think, it was uh, very very stupid uh, to begin with. But uh, I don't think they're going to lift uh, the the ban, so we are stuck uh, with uh, no fines, unfortunately.
0: I mean, we saw no fans at the Amola uh, GP Grand Prix in F1 a few weeks ago. And once again, that's an, a completely open-air event uh, as well. So yeah. it, it seems to be uh, already dictated. Now, back in 2019, yeah. uh, as we mentioned, it was a Lube-Navarro uh, win. So it was, a, it was a double Italian win. Does, would, does, does that matter to, to Italy if, if there's that kind of dominance that both the men's and, and the women's Superliga teams are, are taking home the Champions League?
2: Well, I think definitely the general public would be very, very pleased with uh, with this. I think that um, for Conegliano, it's like uh, their true mission because uh, we have seen they ever since uh, they added uh, Paola Gonu to the roster, they added uh, like. I want to say it's uh, like uh, the cherry on top of uh, the pie, but uh, the pie is made of solid gold, and the cherry is uh, a diamond as big as a fist, because uh, you really, it's ed- adding uh, such a dominant player uh, to an already stacked team. Essentially, they uh, they, they created them uh, themselves themselves uh, uh, even the next level of super team, and so, for uh, Conegliano, uh, this uh, victory in Champions League would be the crowning moment, uh, the end of uh, a perfect season. It would be because they won all the matches, and uh, it would be the 63rd consecutive victory, in stretching back from December of 2019. And so, definitely for Conegliano, it would be an amazing achievement. Whereas for uh, Trentino, it would be another very nice achievement because. They kind of ended the season a bit disappointingly because they lost in the Italian Cup semi-finals to Perugia and they lost in, in the Superliga semi-finals to Lube. and But for them winning the Champions League, I think it could change the outlook of the season from meh to good because it's still a Champions League victory. Nobody is going to say oh, we just won Champions League. And so, I think that uh, a double Italian victory it would be a great thing for the Italian uh, c- uh, scenario. I would say.
0: Now, Pavel, for for on the Poland side mm-hmm. of things, you guys are very much a medal favorite heading into Tokyo, uh, in, into the Olympics. Uh, unfortunately, maybe Italy not so much. I wouldn't mm. say that they're. I would say that they're a medal threat, but I wouldn't say that they're a, a medal favorite uh, amongst with the tops would that kind of be the perfect world for Polish volleyball if they were able to capture kind of their first uh, Champions League and then follow that up with an Olympic victory as well?
1: Yeah, it would be perfect year, especially after some, you know, weird, weird year due to COVID. And as after like such a long, long time since we won Olympics or even got a medal at Olympics, and winning first Champions League in ages, like first major wins for Polish club and first Olympic medal in, for like this generation would be a, absolutely a massive deal and it would be like perfect for Polish volleyball. I would even say that just the Olympic medal would be a big success, even though we are big favorites, but we lost like, three or four times in a row in the quarterfinals, even though we were one of the big favorites to actually make it to top three, at least. So just getting past this quarterfinal and actually not ending fourth would be a success, even though some people would definitely still be disappointed. Yeah, I would call it a, a good year.
0: Fair enough. Well, <laughs> let, let's jump into some predictions. Um, Monty, starting with you. What is your prediction of the match? How, how do you think it's going to go? What do you think the final score is going to be? I
2: think uh, it's going it's going to be a five setter definitely. Okay. I think the, it's going to be very very evenly matched. I think uh, as uh, as we said uh, the Trentino serve and block uh, were against uh, the Zaxa defense uh, and the transition. I think uh, Trentino is uh, going to squeak by with a 3-2 win, but uh, it's going to be very, very close. Like, uh, mm-hmm. um, I would say not even 51-49%, I, w- I would say it's a 50.1% to 49.9% Trentino against uh, Zaxa.
0: Okay, but you're, 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 you're mm-hmm. obviously going for, you're the hometown boy, you're going to go for, for the, uh, the Italian squad. Who, yeah. do you think, I- who do you think it will be mm-hmm. the MVP well. of, of, of the match for Trentino?
2: Uh, the easy pick would be Nimir, uh, but uh, I think uh, in the end uh, Lucarelli is going to be the most valuable player. And uh, one brief uh, note: uh, you mentioned the home team. Uh, I don't, know, I don't know if they already decided uh, which team is going to have their uh, home jerseys, but. Uh, uh, Verona is uh, literally downstream from Trento. They are crossed by the same river, uh, and uh, so they are very, very close uh, geographically. So I would say Trento is uh, the de facto home team because, uh, as I said they, they are almost next uh, to each other. So I would say yes, the the home team is going to squeak by.
0: Is 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 this match being played in the same uh, stadium that Verona's uh, that Verona's? Team plays in, or is this a, another stadium in Verona?
2: No, no, it's it's uh, the same stadium, which is uh, mm, normally it would host about um, 5,000 fans. I think uh, had uh, the conditions been different, maybe the very very picturesque uh, scene of the Verona, mm, the Roman Arena in Verona, could have been used because uh, it mm-hmm, it. Uh, st- it uh, is an arena that was built uh, by the Romans, uh, and uh, like uh, the tw- the 2018 World Championship in Italy, started with uh, a match uh, in the um, in the open, uh, in the open air. I think uh, they could have uh, had uh, a match in the in the arena had uh, circum- circumstances been different. Uh,
0: that that would have been something. Incredible, but I mean, with no Definitely. fans and no fans, there's not really uh, a point to do that. That's a rather ghastly, uh,
2: ghastly atmosphere.
0: Yeah, absolutely open air, crickets going mm-hmm. on. Not, not, not the best. Very, very
2: cold. Very cold as well, because uh, when, you know when you are uh, in the same arena as uh, say five thousand people, it, it's going to be very quite hot. Uh, whereas on the contrary, if you play uh, with uh, nobody, it's uh, somewhat. Uh, somewhat colder
0: yeah absolutely now pavel what about you what what's your prediction mm. for uh, a Zaxo win
1: yeah i'm definitely hoping Zaxa wins and i will go with prediction that sticks to that so but i agree i think it will be a five setter especially if Zaxa wins and their champions league history especially this year is very full of very, very, very entertaining, but nervous games, causing heartbreaks and heart attacks for their fans, definitely. So I would go with Zaxa taking the lead, actually, uh, because, well, Trenton might be a bit rusty, then losing it all, and after a very close tiebreak, tie probably going above 15 points, taking it
0: in some ridiculous fashion. So you think we're, you think we're gonna go even like we're, we're gonna go to five sets and then we're gonna go into overtime as well? Yes, in the last set. Wow. okay. Yes, that's
1: how I would go with it.
0: Fair enough. What about MVP for Zaxa? Uh, that's that's definitely a little bit little bit more difficult.
1: Mm, yeah, not the easiest one. I guess like kind of ending the best possible story would be Camila Menu. Zaxa hometown player, someone who was on the rise this year and like ending the year with such a high note would be very impressive. On the other hand, someone like the new or Zatorski would also be very, very fulfilling, fitting and if I had to choose Zaksa as the best player in Champions League especially, I would probably go with Zatorski, so I would like to see him getting MVP in the end.
0: Fair enough. I think for the MVPs, uh, my favorite on the Trentino side yeah. is actually going to be Gianelli. Um, you know, depending on how mm-hmm. how he, he plays and, and how the, the offense is run, you know, I, I think that, you know, he's definitely going to be the, one of the guys to watch and he's definitely going to be one of the guys to, to show up, especially since he's he's been there for before. Um, and then I absolutely agree on the, the, the Zaxa side. I think that it's – I'm looking at Tony Uzi to kind of to, to 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 be the guy to lead it. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going with the safe choices. I'm going with the setters here, but uh, you know, it, it it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it depends who will decide uh who gets this MVP award.
0: Do do we know who's does, is going to decide? Is that going to be Dan? Like Dan works for the CEV, right? <laughs> like he's he's going to be there on site. So let's just let Dan decide. Maybe he can pull the discord during the match too to to figure it out.
2: I think it's going to be decided by either uh, journalists uh, or um, like uh, uh, the inner circle of uh, CV management, uh, probably. Fair,
0: fair. Mm-hmm. fair, fair, fair.
2: Um, I, w- I would say the last time they decided for a Champions League MVP, they gave it uh, in 2019 to Juan Torreña, and I think it it wasn't. Um, I don't think it was the right choice I th- in, in that match I think uh, Sokolov uh, was the uh, the best player but then again Juan uh, Torrena seems uh, to receive uh, MVPs every time uh, Lube wins uh, I, uh, sometimes uh, even uh, undes- undeservedly a bit
0: fair, fair enough mm-hmm. all right well yeah since there's no Juan Torrena around it's it's kind of it's kind of an open open uh you know, op- open season for, for anyone to, to grab it. I mean, anyone can kind of show up in in, in this match and, and, and you know, play well. I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. players on either side kind of step up throughout throughout the season for both teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, is, is there anything we haven't touched on? Is there anything we've missed so far?
2: I would say we covered uh, all the on the topics I would say we the guess, cricket, uh, Zaxa season Trento season yeah. uh, the players uh, who's out and who's not uh, the women's side um, if if you want to have a bit of a talk about uh, what could go
1: on in the Olympics uh, I don't know
0: <laughs> Pavel what, what were you going to say there?
1: yeah I think the only one little tiny detail I would like to mention is uh, between coaches
0: True. and starting coaches rotations,
1: and, and especially starting rotations. Since Zaxa would actually love to have Toniuti in the front row when Michele plays in the front row as Luber, uh, sorry, Trentos' weakest spiker on the wing. So basically, stacking their weakness against uh Trentos' weakness, and then have Kaczmarek against Lucarelli while. Rento would love the opposite way of that so Lucarelli against Anuti to let him go wild and just have Kaczmarek against Micheletto who will spike the least
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, I I think that's that's definitely true I think you know you you mentioned that coach's battle I think that's also going to be very interesting mm-hmm. do you think Zaxa has the advantage because of how storied garbage is <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. I promise that's not... Bless co- you. Uh, thank you very much. I promise that's not coronavirus. That's not one of the symptoms. Um, but, uh, you know, Gerbich is, is such a history player. He's, he's done it before uh, as a player. Do you think that matters to, you know, the, the Zaxa players? I'm always so impressed by Zaxa timeouts, how calm and, and collected he is, even when they were down in the finals against the Weigel. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it will be definitely helpful, especially since Zaksa is not very experienced team. Zemenyuk is quite young, Livka is still young and Kaczmarek is very inexperienced. Even Kochanowski is not very experienced but he, besides World Championships, he didn't play at senior level at the biggest stage. So having someone like Grbic, someone they look up to and with like uh, true experience as a player and as a coach, now would be very helpful for them. And just like having someone like Zatorski to Newt or Smith, so very very experienced players, someone to like look up to or just talk to sometimes might be very very important and helpful for them.
0: What about Lorenzetti on on the uh, uh, on the Trentino side of things? You know, looking at his picture right now, he gives me very like Doctor Ock. Vibes from uh, the first Spider-Man <laughs> with Toby Toby Maguire, you know.
2: Uh, he, he does look a bit uh, like William Dafoe uh, if you, uh, yeah. when I look at him. Um, I think uh, that uh, Lorenzetti has the experience uh, from uh, his side, he, um, because uh, we tend to forget him, uh, but uh, he has been one of the more uh, successful coaches in Italy in the past uh, in the past few years, actually. Lorenzetti won his first Italian championship in 2002. Wow. So he's been um, he has been uh, one of the best coaches uh, at uh, the national level for uh, a while, and uh, I think uh, that uh, um, he is uh, yet to um, win a uh, Champions League. But uh, I do think he has uh, all the cards uh, to lead uh, a team. Uh,
0: Victory in Champions League, I think. Yeah, uh, I I definitely agree. I, I asked you you guys for your as prediction, uh, so it's only fair that that I give mine. And uh, sorry, Monty, but I'm actually going to side with Zaxa on, on this one. I I, I think uh, you know Zaxa just the way that they they've shown their dominance kind of all year. I know that they did have that blip against Septy uh, Weijel in the finals, but I think that since they're playing a team that doesn't really know them and they don't know each other I, I it's just it's just hard for me after everything i've seen from zaxa this year how many times i've maybe not actually bet get them bet against them but kind of expected them to to fall you mm-hmm. know i i expected them to, to to fall in the quarterfinals and they didn't do that and they've they've kept on rolling since then so you know they took down they were able to take down lube in uh in the um in the quarterfinals they're they're the uh they're the um um Uh, Lube is the uh, Italian league champion so you know just straight math tells me that I I think Zax is going to be able to win this one Mm -hmm.
2: yeah uh, I mean as as I said uh, it's uh, it's 51 to 49 it's going to be mm, very evenly matched I don't I think anything uh, shorter than a five-setter is going to be some a big surprise uh, at at least in my eyes Uh, I've seen both uh, teams uh, being uh, Quite dominant uh, at times, and I think uh, it's going to lead to a great uh, to a great match Yeah,
0: I, I I definitely agree All right, well to to wrap things up any any final words any parting words Pavel will start with you
1: Well, I just hope we won't be disappointed after finals and we will see a five-setter like we like we want to and we wish to Because I can see the world in which one team just doesn't arrive and the other completely dominates them against Grinnell. And it's such an, like, circumstances around this match are very unique. Zaxa comes comes after losing in Plus Liga and losing in a very, very poor style, especially for them, while Trento comes after losing in Italy, but also for weeks, like, of not playing competitive games, so as long as we get a good game, I will be satisfied, but of course, I hope Saxa takes it in the end.
0: Marty, how about you? Oh, um,
2: well, uh, I do hope for a great match. I think we are going to get uh, such a great match, and uh, I think this uh, rather uh, troubled season of, uh, of Volley, the first time, you know, after the... A bloody pandemic. Uh, I think uh, that uh, a great match could be the a great final uh, Champions League match, it could be mm, like uh, almost uh, the perfect ending uh, to such a season. We've seen Zaxa come back from the dead uh, multiple times. We have seen uh, Trento reach uh, kind of their full, their full potential, but not, not uh, completely. So we have um, a very, very interesting matchup, and I hope uh, we do see a great match.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You're going to be able to check out um, this match, uh, the men's final, at 8:30 uh, p.m. European time, and that is 2:30 p.m. here in North America on the on the East Coast and 11:30, uh, yeah, 11:30 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So. If you are over in uh, Vancouver or L.A., you guys get to wake up, watch volleyball with your breakfast and still have the entire day. If you're in Europe, you get to spend the entire day, hopefully outside, hopefully safe from uh, uh, COVID-19 and then go go inside uh, afterwards. Well, boys, really appreciate you guys coming on, uh, bringing your expertise to, to the show. You guys, you know, have way more information and way more knowledge of these two teams than I would ever Everett, so I really appreciate uh, you guys uh, coming on and chatting with me today.
2: Well, it's been a pleasure for me as well. It's been a fun, uh, a f- a fun evening for me.
0: Are we going to yeah. be? Sorry, are, are we going to be doing a live chat on the Discord during this match, during the matches?
2: I would be available, yes.
1: Yeah, I will be free. I have whole day free, so I'm well prepared.
0: Pavel, you you usually disappear when uh, Zax is playing.
1: Oh yeah I used to, well I was often at home mm-hmm. and I was watching together with my family because well I'm not done with saxophone at home and uh, so whenever I was watching with someone I wasn't checking my phone because I would be yeah would spending be more time with phone in my head yeah. however this time I will be completely free I took that I I didn't have to take a day off since 1st of May is uh, actually a uh, free day in Poland, so everyone everyone will be free. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: since I hope we will see more, even more fans this time since Zaksa against Zenit, I think 700,000 people watched it live
0: wow. on Polsat
1: Sport, and it's not an open channel, so it's kind of impressive.
0: Okay, good, good to know. <laughs> Well, um, Mm -hmm. if you guys want to come join uh, the Discord, it's going to be in the show notes. Uh, From here, just kind of scroll down if you're watching on YouTube. If not, you can head over to uh, the website, VolleyballSource.ca. Scroll down. It's right on the main page. Just click the Discord. Come join our our Discord community. Um, It's honestly so much fun. We've got quite a few people. We're over 125 uh, people now from literally everywhere uh, around the globe just a bunch of volleyball fans who are, who are watching. Uh, as I said, we'll probably be doing a live voice chat, just discussing and, uh, watching the game all Uh, especially since we're locked down right now and we can't be there in person and we can't be congregating, uh, in, in person with, you know, friends and family. Uh, this is kind of the next be- best thing. So yeah, come join the discord and, uh, we will see you guys on Saturday. Yes. Awesome. Well guys, thank you so much again for, for joining us. Um, Thank you, and thank you, guys, to you for for tuning in. Uh, that is going to be end this episode, and we will see you for the CEV Champions League uh, Super Finals 2021 on Saturday. Peace.